Glory, glory, what a hell of a way to fly. Glory, glory, what a hell of a way to fly. Glory, glory, what a hell of a way to fly. The hawk will never die. Welcome back to Hawk Hill Focus. This is the week 10 recap of the SJUFFL. Your commissioner, Kyle Brandis, is back along with our deputy commissioner, and before I announce him, I just want to say great job on the solo shows last week, Mr. Thank you, thank Commissioner, you. Sam Robinson. Sam, how are you feeling today? A lot better now that someone else is here in the studio with me. Um, unfortunately, my musical numbers have been cut after talking to executive producers over the weekend. But, you know, it happens. We try to launch a music career. We're going to stick to podcasting and stick to fantasy football as we have a rather interesting development within the league, league-wide. Um, David asked for more competition. We had some competitive games and we have a lot of competitive divisions, which I don't know how much we'll touch on in the recap episode here. Maybe that's more of a pick'ems, uh, tomorrow, but overall I'm excited there, you know, there's some juice flowing in the, uh, in the league again. I know. I thought it was, it was looking real top heavy there for a second. You know, the same teams kept winning and winning, but you know, Sam, you and the other teams at the bottom have really started to pick it up. So. We're happy for you. Like you said, David has for more competition and we're getting a lot more competition, but uh, you know, David's not able to join us today. He is okay. I want everyone to know he is okay. Um, I, I'll, I'll get into our matchup first, David and I's matchup, because, you know, if this would happen to me, I would be on, I would be on the edge a little bit. Um, for those not in the league who can't see the scoreboard, David and I play each other this week. I beat him by a score of 110.5 to 110.48. That is correct. A 0.02 victory margin. Um, You know, the 49ers defense got an interception at the very end of the game on Sunday night. That is what sealed it for me. That's what got me those 0.02 uh, extra point margin. And David did not enjoy it. Right, Sam? That is correct. Uh, David was very displeased by the way that that game ended, the way that the fantasy matchup ended. All I'm going to say is, in games that he starts Daniel Jones over Justin Herbert, David is now 0-2. Granted, <laughs> Justin Herbert wouldn't have helped this case, but it would have, maybe it would have helped, I guess, in the sense that it would have been less of a heartbreak. Exactly, yes. It also would have been uh, quite poetic, being that my, my team is named after Daniel Jones, in theory. But Daniel Jones may be faster than Lamar, but Daniel Jones is not better than my team. Not able to will his team. Thankfully, I was helped to a victory on the back of 20-point performances by not only Saquon and Josh Allen, who I've now expected to get 20 points per game for me, but also Dalvin Cook came out of nowhere with a nice 20.6 performance. He had a nice 81-yard touchdown. That was fun to watch. Uh, Devontae Adams also came close to 20 points with 18.6 in his revenge game against David. Um this one, I was sweating on this one. It was yeah. it was a long Sunday watching this matchup. Your team got off to a slow start, Kyle. Um, I was scoreboard watching this one and other uh, you know members of the Dave Dune division as we're kind of all now neck and neck in the standings here. So obviously I picked you in Pick'em. So for the Pick'em's sake, I wanted you to be right. But more importantly, for the division's sake, I wanted to see David fall to five and five as well. And I think when I checked early on, I mean, you know, obviously, if you check middle of the day, there's some guys that haven't played. There's a lot to worry about. But when I checked, I feel like Devontae Adams was, like, 
threw like a quarter or two of football and had like three points to his name. And I was like, oh my goodness. I was like, he's going to get Devontae, Devontae Adams by the guy that in a matchup where he's playing David who traded Devontae Adams for that exact purpose. I was like, what a terrible, like what terrible timing for Kyle and what great timing for David. And yeah. instead in the second half, he, you know, realized that he was Devontae Adams who's really good at football. And I guess he, st- I didn't watch the game, but he, I guess he started doing football things and scored some fantasy points. So that's good for you. Yeah, the first half of that game was not great. Um, thankfully, came alive a little bit in the second half, was able to get some yards and a touchdown there. Um, and, not, and, you know, my team did great. David's team also did great. Uh, you know, a 22.28 point performance out Daniel Jones. 19 points out Deonta Foreman in his flex spot. That's He's clutch. Legit. He's, He's legit. legit. And that was a Thursday night game too, I believe. So that's, that's an odd move, putting a flex guy Thursday night game in your flex spot, but hey, not my team. Uh, I was I was worried I would get Amon Ross St. Brown, Sam, considering that this was a revenge game for him as well. So yeah. I, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm glad I don't have to join you in that club. Yeah. Um, David's team, again, a very strong showing. For a while, I really thought he was going to have a comfortable win in this matchup. But Kyle, your team, you kept chipping away. And, you know, that's the the true mark of a good fantasy football team. You know, when you're down, you're not out. And you guys kept chipping away. You know, you had the crazy game with Josh Allen and uh, Dalvin Cook going head-to-head with the overtime. That gave you a couple of points extra. You know, extra football means extra fantasy points. It doesn't hurt. Um, David's team, yeah, put up a great effort. There were, you know, you would like to see more out of a guy like Kenneth Walker, projected for 14 points, ends up with 7.2. DK fell a point or two short of his projections. Other than that, I'm pretty sure everybody on David's team outperformed. Actually, Harrison Butker only put up a measly three. But of the players that matter, um, you know, being the skill players that we really pay attention to, the culmination of David's roster was probably almost as good as you can get. Like, if you had told David that he was going to put up 110 points against you, Kyle, in a matchup, like, you don't feel great, but you feel good enough. I would take the odds. Yeah, I would definitely take those odds. You know, my team's averaging 105 points a game, so 110 points beats my average. That wins you a game. But, uh, you know, David, I would still have a good feeling about your team for the rest of the year. Uh, keep your head up. This one, this is probably the toughest fantasy loss that I can imagine. Um, I think it's lit- quite literally the least amount of points you can lose by in our league. Um, yeah. Just keep your head up. Keep trying. Keep moving on. And that's the beauty of fantasy football. You know, there is next week, despite the crushing loss, there is next week. Hey, you can only get, you have to go 0-1 next week. That's the name of the game. Go 0-1 the following week. But, uh, I'm sorry, 1-0, not 0-1. I was going to say, is that like a start the balloon? Like, just keep losing? (laughs) Just keep going 0-1, baby. You're you're Uh, confusing me. I hope Damon keeps going 0-1. I need to start climbing the division a little bit, but. Yeah, Sam, you're your matchup is the one I wanted to get into next because you just blew the doors off of, uh, you know, fringe wagon candidate Julie this week. Yeah, my team looked pretty good. I'm not going to lie. I This was the first week I opened the fantasy app. I usually don't, you know, those people that start checking games as soon as it hits like 1.05 p.m. And it's like, you can do that. That's, you know, that's your prerogative. I'm not here to judge how people manage their fantasy teams. But honestly, for me, like I'll check, you know, around 2, 2.30 and be like, all right, you know, the first half of most of the games we're getting into the third quarter before the three o'clock slates, you know, in case I have to pull, you know, 
a more boom guy off my bench throwing a flex in hopes for a prayer or something if I'm getting crushed early. But this one I opened up and, you know, I think George Pickens already had 10 points. He found the end zone this week. Good for him. Um, my running backs that I, you know, my starting running backs, RB1 and 2, were actually awful. Najee Harris, 9.9 points. Actually, I guess it's a good Najee day for him this year. Um, but Alvin predicted for 15, puts up four and a half. So thanks, Alvin. But we still got the win. So all is forgiven. See, I am. I would say the story really came with when Cole Komet and Jeff Wilson Jr. were going off. I said, this is a game that I could win. So there's really we really have something cooking here. And then the later games start. CD Lamb goes off for 27 points. Um, Robbie Gould gets me 10 for, you know, a streamer kicker. I'm very happy with that. The Saints defense, despite me starting two Steelers, still got me five points. And I was still able to get a what I consider a fruitful amount from both of them, as I said, with Najee and uh, George Pickens there. But the story of the day for me has to be the fact that Cole Komet has played two games in the Sandemics franchise and has four total touchdowns. Oof, that's something. You know, I think in the beginning of the year, I, I kind of made fun of the people who were high on Cole Komet because, you know, everybody talked about positive touchdown regression. And I kind of said, well, it doesn't really matter if you scored no touchdowns last year. If the offense still stinks, you're still not going to score touchdowns. And that was true. And whoever drafted him, probably you or Sean, I'm assuming, I laughed at Sean. I, I laughed at Sean then. And all of a sudden, when Justin Fields started getting good, I said, you know what? Cole Komet scored one touchdown last week. I should pick him up. Then he scored two this week, last week. Then he scored two more this week. And you know what? Honestly, if he scores less than two touchdowns every game for the rest of the season, I might be disappointed. I think he set a new standard. Well, I don't I even know if I'll start Darren Waller over him when he gets healthy. I think you might set some high standards for Cole Komet there, Sam. If you're hey, expecting two touchdowns every week. He set the standard, not me. He showed up here and <laughs> has scored two touchdowns in the first two weeks. He did that to himself. Now, that's looking like a great pickup, Sam. Um, he, you know, if your team can start building on this momentum that you have, I believe you're the hottest. You're basically the hottest team in the league right now. You're 3-0 and the last three weeks. I would say uh, some would say we're putting up some points. You know, we've had a, we had some lucky wins in there. Um I guess last week against Sean, you know, that second win in a row was definitely uh, an undeserved, you know, the luck score help goes up on that one. But, you know, the boys are meshing. It's wild looking at up and down my starting lineup and seeing that my bench has consisted with Mike Williams, Darren Waller, Russell Wilson, Justin Tucker, Romeo Dobbs, Kadarius Tony, Kyron Williams, and Hollywood Brown on the bench. And somehow the team of ragtag guys that were in the starting lineup put up 125. But I don't know. It's a predicament here when uh, guys start getting healthy. You know, do you ride with the guys that have gotten you, you know, back on track? Or do we let the the high draft picks come back in and maybe they start disappointing again? Who knows? It's it's going to be a tough uh, tough move going forward. But I have faith. I have we're thrilled right now. We're in, a good, we're in a good position. We have, you know, we're playing with house money at this point. We're playing with hey. house, house money. There you go. I'm, I'm glad you're thrilled, but I don't think Julie can be thrilled with this performance from our team. Um, her wide receivers, and I'm saying that I know I'm the biggest fan of Julie's wide receivers in this league, but her wide receivers let her down this week. Diggs still had 12.8 points, but that's actually below his projection, so I guess you could call that a disappointing week. Juju Smith-Schuster, 3.3 points. He did get injured. I probably think he got carted off, honestly. I don't think 
I don't think I yeah. saw him walking after that hit he took. Uh, so prayers up for him. Hope he's better with 3.3 points before he left. DJ Moore, 2.9 points. What is with these people putting Thursday night players in their flex spot, Sam? You know, it upsets me that people still think that DJ Moore is a viable fantasy football player. That's fair enough. If I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times. CEH and DJ Moore avoid like the plague. I knew that my team had a good chance of winning this week when I saw that Julie refused to remove DJ Moore from her starting lineup. I don't care who the Panthers quarterback is. The Panthers quarterback could be Jesus Christ himself, and DJ Moore would still put up under five fantasy points. Why? There's hype. There's talent. I don't deny that from the eye test. He's a great football player. I want to make that very clear. I really like watching DJ Moore play football. I just hate having him in my fantasy lineup. Did you ever have him in your fantasy lineup, Sam? No. Okay. I'm just curious. I was honestly. Maybe I have, but he might have been like a waiver pickup in like his rookie year or something. But did he burn you one time? Overall, no. I've never wasted a high draft pick on DJ Moore. That's fair. Uh, you know, Julie's high draft pick, Austin Eckler, only got her 6.3 points. That doesn't help campaign there. Uh, good game from Jalen Hurts. Again, 25.8 points, basically meeting his projection. Antonio Gibson going off for 11.8 points. So we'll see. Dalton Schultz finally had a good game, 11.4 points. So, you know, a couple good pieces there for Julie. But, you know, just the majority of it, thanks to her wide receivers, didn't work out. And uh, it was going to be hard to beat you this week, Sam, regardless. So, yeah, you know, if you're going to, I always say, if you're going to put up, like, I guess what's considered a clunker week for Julie at 80 points, you may as well do it in a week where you're probably weren't going to put up 125 anyway. You know, exactly. you know, there's a lot of things that have to go right to put up that kind of numbers. Mm-hmm. So it's better to get your clunkers out of the way this week than for her to put up 110, which would have been, you know, by most standards, a good week and then still lose. So, like, exactly. David did. Exactly. Yeah. So, Sam, you pull into third place in the Dave Dew division. I believe you're actually tied for second, uh, only a game out. Only a game out, so you know, n- never say never on the season. Julie, you're in second place in the Jeff Arnold division, a game behind Larry. Uh, so you know, we're coming up on, on divisional play at the end of the season. So both both yeah. you guys, hopefully Julie can turn things around after this game. Sam, hopefully you can keep things riding and uh it'll be a competitive competitive end stretch of the season. Big uh you know, Big bubble energy here for the Sandemics right now. We got to win a couple of games. We got to get off the bubble and into the uh, the right side of the tournament there. Hey, there you go. Speaking of your division, Sham, do you want do you want to go to the division leader in your in your realm? Uh, I'm him. Yeah, I'm him. Question mark. Um, him. Had a cupcake walk of a game against Gil. who actually put up 81 points. You know, it's not actually as much of a cupcake game as it usually seems. Good efforts from Dak Prescott. He's back and healthy finally. Um, no longer having to start Kirk Cousins. Good for him. Um, I'm trying to just read up and down the box score here. Tyler Lockett had a good game. Tyler Higby's been a sustainable target. Julio Jones put up 11 points. You don't see that every day. What really failed Gill was Latavius Murray, Amari Cooper, uh, putting up 4.7 and 3.2 points respectively. And the Jaguars D putting up a whopping one singular point. Now, Luca and the I'm Him boys um, had a pretty good week. Tony Pollard continues to be a very, very good fantasy football piece. Team MVP. What? Team MVP, Tony Pollard. Team MVP, Tony Pollard. Um, gutsy move to start Jamal Williams over DeAndre Swift. 
and had DeAndre Swift not even in the flex, but just straight up benched. Um, Jamal Williams ends up outscoring DeAndre Swift. That's truly, it's interesting how that's turned into a running back by committee and how you're essentially just guessing every week, in my opinion. Good for Luca for guessing right, but it's not really a situation that I envy at this point. Right. Yeah. Like there's no way that's sustainable. And he's able to do that week in, week out for the rest of the season, I think. I mean, I know Swift, they say Swift is still like recovering. He's kind of playing through some stuff. So maybe if he starts feeling better, he'll get more touches, but it's something to keep an eye out for. Uh, but honestly, it doesn't really seem to matter because Justin Jefferson is just going to be the best wide receiver in fantasy for the rest of the season. He puts up another monster game, 25 points. Um, supplementing Debo's very poor 5.1 point performance. And honestly, yeah, the rest of his team outside of his running backs and top wide receiver were pretty bad. And Graham Gano got him seven points. So, yeah, Luca, Luca got carried there. I think he's in a situation, like I was saying earlier this season with Larry's team. Um, you know, where Larry's team, I just feel is carried by one specific player. Luca's team seems to be being carried by the performance of Justin Jefferson. Um, I mean, it's a very good player to be to put all your money on if you need to bank on one player to win you a game any given week. It would definitely be Justin Jefferson for his team. Um, but I just be wouldn't you know wouldn't envy being in a situation where you have to rely on just one player. Um, thankfully, Tony Pollard had did have a good game, like you said, eighteen point eight points. But it's just not something I can truly rely on every week. Um, I mean, yeah, Luca, you're. You were a bit off the wagon there for a second, I believe. You dropped from four and four, four and out to zero oh and four, or no, I'm sorry, four and four, and now you're back up to six and four. First, first in your Dave Duda division. Um, you know, I, I think you'll have a tough end stretch to your schedule. I don't know who you're playing this upcoming week, but I know you have a tough divisional, uh, schedule in the last three weeks. So, Dave Duda gauntlet. Dave Duda gauntlet. I don't envy being in that in that division i'd like being in a division with the one in nine alex gill i will put that out there on the podcast right now knowing that it will cause me to lose to him <laughs> at some point this season you might play spoiler at some point exactly exactly so good good win luca keep it rolling speaking of other things that i don't like um the columbus curve playing the columbus curve <sighs> i fucking hate you larry <laughs> I fucking hate you so much. So Larry, I guess, you know, whatever mind games he was playing seemed to work out in his favor. He outscores Nick 93.58 to 52.96, a complete stinker on Nick's part. Justin Fields continues to light the earth on fire as a quarterback, scoring 43.38 points. Did I have Justin Fields the week before he started going off and then I dropped him and then he was an an earth scorcher? Absolutely. Do I regret dropping him? Not really. I kind of feel like I have, since I have Cole Komet, things are evened out. But I, I would like to have Justin Fields on my roster. Um, it happens. I'm not too mad about it. But his team continues to perform very well. Uh, Travis Etienne did come back to earth a little bit, 7.3 points compared to his projected 16.1. The biggest loss and storyline that we're going to have to watch for Larry's team moving forward is Cooper Cup. I think he's going to be out four to six weeks with that high ankle sprain. He's going to get some sort of minor operation done on it. Granted, he put up, you know, negative tenth of a point this week, and Larry still was able to find a win. But you can't feel great if you're Larry, knowing that you've just lost probably the best player in fantasy football. 
Yeah, especially one that you paid, you know, two draft picks for for next year. Um, that doesn't help you. You know, he's placed on IR, so going to a miss, going to miss at least the rest of our regular season in this league. Um, you know, Larry's in a position right now. He's first in his in the Jeff Arnold division, scheduled to make the playoffs as of right now. We'll see if anybody can play spoiler, but uh, you know, prayers up. Hopefully, Cooper Cup recovers fast and is able to come back. Because you love seeing. You love seeing high-scoring matchups in the playoffs, and Cooper Cup can could help provide that for Larry. But uh, one of my favorite things looking at this matchup is just seeing that Justin Fields and DeAndre Hopkins on Larry's team would have beaten just those two players would have been enough to beat Nick this week, with how abysmal Nick's lineup was. Yeah, so Nick's team was pretty bad. Nick's team is pretty bad. You know, it doesn't help that AJ Brown left the game with an injury. He was able to come back, but just wasn't the same. Dallas Goddard left the game with injury. I believe he's out for the season, right, Sam? Or he is, is out for an extended period of time. I know he's placed on IR. I haven't actually seen, I haven't dug in, uh, deep enough to do any sort of like formal research on how long he's going to be out with that shoulder injury. Mm-hmm. But I know he's on IR, and I know that it was a missed face masking call by the refs where that injury happened. So, uh, was it? Yeah, that was a bad call, by the way. Yeah, but came down yeah. real brutally on his shoulder. Um, yeah, honestly, I mean, if you're Nick, you know, maybe you wish you didn't start Andy Dalton and you picked up literally half the other quarterbacks on the waiver wire and maybe you wish you started Brian Robinson. But there wasn't really a ton Nick could do. Um, one thing that I did find interesting was with Larry's team. I know we always talk about um, Jamar Chase being the carrier. And it seems that responsibility has been shifted on Justin Fields because Justin Fields just about accounted for half of Larry's team's points this entire week. Had you had taken out his 43-point performance, I mean, granted, you could probably start a quarterback who scores more than zero points, but the rest of his team combined for 50.2 points, which isn't great. Can Justin sustain 40-point performances every week? Probably not. Even if you say he's pretty good at 25 points, you're talking about a team that's scoring 75 points this week. It's something to watch for. It's not, you know, I'm never, you know me. Why not Larry? I'm not here to put a put a sword in him and call him dead now that he's both got Cooper Cup and Jamar Chase out. But it is something to monitor. I mean, I also said last week that I didn't believe Justin Fields would continue to sustain these incredible performances, but here I am looking stupid a week later. I'll own that one. But something to watch for Larry, see how he responds, or if he just keeps riding Justin Fields and hoping for the best. Knowing that he also has Geno Smith, you know, it's very solid fantasy quarterback as well on his bench. Yeah, he's got options there. He might run into a David situation where he doesn't know which one to start. Um, I do just want to point out that Justin Fields does have a bye week 14. So hopefully that doesn't come to screw Larry in the uh, last week of our regular season there. If he chooses to start him, I'm sure he'll comment on this. I got Geno Smith, baby. I'll be fine. It seems like a Larry thing to say. Yeah. But, but good good job, Larry. Uh, you know, Nick's a good team. We're way to catch him on an off week. Oh, what matchups do we have left, Sam? I believe there's two, right? We have Matt Carson the Nerd Squad versus Sean and Gotham Rose. We want to get into that one. We do. I think this might be upset. Nah, I guess it's not upset of the year, but it was pretty shocking to me, honestly. You know, Matt has a history of losing to teams that look like they're dead in the water. Unfortunately, I think this is considered a habit at this point for Matt and the Nerd Squad. 
they just and it's not a terrible week. Ninety one points is nothing to scoff at. You just you know you got caught in a bad week where Jonathan Taylor remembered who he was and put up twenty two fantasy points. Yeah, Sean's team. You know, Sean's team hasn't put out hasn't been putting out good efforts lately. Uh, this one was a really good one, John. Like you said, Jonathan Taylor finally figured it out figured it out under a Jeff Saturday offense. Uh, 22.3 points. James Conner came alive, 20.6. Both wide receivers, Gabe Davis, Chris Godwin, got him, you know, 13.1 plus points. Uh, so that works out for him. Rest of this team didn't really do much, but, you know, that's kind of expected with those names that are in there. Um, I think the big part here for Sean was identifying Jacoby Brissett as one of the best quarterbacks on the free agent market this week and picking him up. Yeah, Brissett got him 18 and a half points, which really helped swing. You know, he could have picked up Andy Dalton like Nick did. I would have lost this matchup. Um, but yeah, Jacoby Brissett was a good pickup for Sean here. Uh, and I'm, yeah, and looking at Matt's side too, it wasn't too bad of a week for him. I mean, Tua got 29.4, Aaron Jones 21.6. little interesting that he went with the uh, Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon combination once again. Um, I and I'm interested to see when he learns his lesson with that one. Um, well, to right. be fair, the only running back on his bench that's not on by or now a free agent, as you know, Benjamin just got cut, um, was Cam Akers, who put up 2.2 points. You also had Alex Madison, didn't, who also put up 1.9 points. I, was, I don't really count Alex Madison as a viable you know, player or unless Dalvin Cook is out. That's fair. That's fair. He's always the one guy I just always remind myself to get. I always have Dalvin, but I uh, never do. Um, yeah, Matt, other, you know, team didn't look awful. Jan Waddle, 6.6, so that doesn't help. Everyone else, actually, this team didn't do great on, now that I'm looking at it. Cardinals no, it was really carried by two on Aaron Jones, 100%. Yeah. Really carried. Uh, went up, just went up against a tough, tough Sean team this week. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know what, Sam? I'm going to give a little preview. To tomorrow's episode, uh, we'll be able to ask Matt about the decisions that he's making because we're going to have Matt Cress on our show as a special guest tomorrow. Uh, I I think one of the burning topics I really want to ask him is about this Green Bay running back situation, uh, why he thinks it works, especially with Alan Lazard now, 4.5. That's the wrong uh, Green Bay receiver to have this week. Yes. But, you know, Sean... Good win. Way to get back in the saddle. Uh, you are now tied with David for the most all-time wins in SJUFFL history. So way to get back. Way to get back to the peak on that one there. Um, we'll see if you guys can, you know, we'll see which one of you takes the cake next week if you're able to, uh, you know, overtake David once again. I think that will be just the icing David needs after the after a tough loss after this beat down I put on him this week by .02 points. But uh, good job, Sean. You know, I think you're out of it by now, but keep the faith, buddy. Keep the faith. <laughs> Wait, that leaves us with one more matchup. The wagon tier of team names this year, I think, all by himself, all American butt eaters versus two hills and zero cups. Good thing he had zero cups this week. Definitely wouldn't have helped him. Uh, but still wouldn't have mattered. All American butt eaters beat Rob's team by 108.64 points to 91.76 and Nick or I'm sorry not Nick he's not in this matchup Jim was really carried this week by Pat Mahomes almost a 40 burger on Rob's head uh you know 
double digit performances by Nick Chubb. And Rashad White came out of nowhere. Lenny got hurt, didn't he? Leonard Fournette. Lenny, yeah. Leonard for Leonard went out early. Um, Rashad White was apparently named the starter, regardless of the Fournette injury, but it did lead to a lot of carries for I think a hundred and some odd yards, one hundred five. So no end zone work, no passing work from what I saw. But yeah, Rashad White, a former pandemic, somebody that I would have liked to have uh, held on to, but that was the week where everybody was on by and I had to make a cut and. He unfortunately was the one that got cut, so I could pick up. I don't even remember who I picked up. Somebody that I had to put in my flex. Did I get? I gave you Rashad White, right? Yes, we traded Rashad White for Rashad Bateman. Yes, because I was questioning why you said, "Oh, it was a week I had to drop him." I was like, "No, Sam." The way I remember the conversation was, "Eh, let's trade two dart throws for each other." (laughs) I I was getting confused on who traded Rashad White to who, but uh. Yes, Rashad White is a former DJ's faster than Lamar as well. So happy to see him go off there. Uh, his time on his his two hours on the team, the training staff really helped him there. I would like to think. Um, you know, Jim was also helped by a twelve point form to Marquez Valdez Scantling, another former DJ is faster than Lamar player. Uh, so really just taking up our our scraps here. It looks like. Yeah, let's call this game what it was. Two teams that are very middling and it, you know you see that reflected in the score here they both they put up 108 and 91 apiece respectable scores um but jim just so happened to run into a week where patrick mahomes played really really good football and i guess to rob's credit aaron Rodgers probably had his best game of the year at 25 points and christian kirk had 22 and other than that you know the rest of their teams kind of just sucked and jim's team just sucked a little less from the uh you know, not that 12 points is bad, but you expect more out of Nick Chubb. And it's an over – if Rashad White scoring 10 points is an overperformance, how much does that really say about the roster, of, you know, of his running back room there? Right, so, yeah. That that would be the one where, yeah, looking at Jim's roster, just those running backs, uh, would they be able to carry him to a playoff spot at the end of the season? Rob can't be happy with Cordero Patterson's performance coming off the IR. Uh, got him a nice solid two points. T- Taysom Hill with a point one two. That can't be happening. Um, I think Rob's looking at missing the playoffs for the sixth time in seven years, unfortunately. Oh. I hate to see it. I hate to see it. But uh, Rob, you know, kept seeing this, kept saying this with all of our losers tonight. Just keep your head up, keep pounding, finish the season strong. He's in it. Four and six is still in it in this league. Four and six is he's only two games out of the Dave Duda division. You know what? You're right, Sam. He's not. The fat lady has not sung. Uh, it doesn't hurt Cleo Herbert's going on IR. He so. could win the 500 with a win this week. He could. Well, no, he'd still be at... No, I'm saying this week, if he had won this matchup versus... Got it, got it, got yeah. it, got it. He's still in it. You were you were a win away from 500. You're, you know, now you're two wins, but hey, you can string a couple together here. There's four left, there's four left. You got it. That, that's all of our matchups right now, Sam. Yeah, that's everything we got. I believe it is. So we have some awards for you, our weekly awards on the flip side of this. But first, we want you to hear about our lovely sponsor of the show, Anchor. Thank you, Anchorman. Love hearing your voice every week. Love hearing about Anchor. Very talented reader that does that live read. Thank you. We have to change it up every week because, you know, people come too big time for us after one episode of Hall Kill Focus. So they always have to change it up. But, you know, keep going strong. It's now time to give out our awards for Week 10 action. Uh, Sam, we it, since it's just you and I, 
we are pretty aligned on awards. We are four for four on having the same ones. Call us Wendy's. Call us Wendy's for four deal. So let's start with our MVP because we just kind of touched on it here. Uh, it's Patrick Mahomes on the All American Bud Eaters. Uh, you know, thirty nine point one four points really carried the team uh, to a win that they needed to stay within playoff contention. Pat Mahomes thirty three hundred thirty one yards, four touchdowns. Uh, did throw an interception, but was also able to get thirty nine yards on the ground. Um, I believe he moved ahead of Josh Allen this week for QB one on the season as well. How about that? Oh, so, yeah. Look at Jim go. Look at Jim, top quarterback on the year, one of the top running backs, and Nick Chubb. Uh, you know, Pat Mahomes willed his team to victory against Rob this week, and he's deserving of our MVP award. Yeah, there's not really much color I can add to that. He's a really good quarterback that scored a lot of points, and his team won. Like, way to go, MVP. <laughs> way to go. <laughs> Um, that'll take us to our pick of the week. Speaking of quarterbacks that scored, eh, maybe not a lot of points, but enough points to get you the win. And that's going to be Sean. He streamed Jacoby Brissett this week. Maybe he becomes a full-time starter. Who knows? And his team won this week. He put up what? It was like 18 points. 18.48 for sure. 18.48 points, which feels like, at least for me and my standards of having Russell Wilson and Jared Goff as my quarterbacks this year, and above-average quarterback performance, or at least average enough that, you know, yeah. in, a, in what seems to be a waiver wire that is suffering from inflation or something like that, um, you know, there's not really a lot of great guys out there. It's hard to find, you know, good good uh, waiver wire guys for free, especially now that we're past the trade deadline here. You're pretty much set with your rosters. Finding a quarterback that gives you enough points to get a win, that's just, you know, that's a luxury in this league now. So to get 18 and a half from Jacoby and get the win, you got nothing to complain about. I did think about giving this award to Sean for uh, another player who I've never seen on his team before this year, uh, Jonathan Taylor, but I figured that that joke would have not have been as funny. So I thought it was funny. Welcome. Thanks. Welcome Jonathan Taylor to uh, fantasy football. Pop the champagne. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I always forget that he did that. Um, moving in now to our negative awards, our Fantrax player of the week, the least valuable player of the week. Unfortunately, I have to give this to a guy coming off of injury uh, in Cordell Patterson on two hills at zero cups. Uh, you know, he was slated as the top running back on Rob's team. Rob was excited to get week back from IR, by the way. Oh, was it? I thought oh, I thought it was his first. Last week you put up 17 points, so it's actually even a better, you know, you came off your IR really, really good, and now you're really, really bad. Yeah, exactly. It's not a great look for Cordero. Uh was only able to get Rob two points on Thursday night against Carolina. Um, Rob really needs Cordero Patterson to step up on the, in the tail end of the season for Rob to have a chance to make the playoffs. Yeah, Rob's team is struggling. He needs any sort of help possible. Um, and again... Cordero Patterson looked really, really good last week coming off the IR, and you thought that there was a chance that he'd be the spark plug that his team needed. And unfortunately, he was quite the opposite this week. He was bad. Yes, he was bad. He was, I don't know what the opposite of a spark plug is. A, uh, a, a wet blanket, if you will. A wet blanket. There we go. I like that. So Cordero Patterson, wet blanket of the week. Of the, of the team. <laughs> Now, I know we usually alternate awards here, but I also know how much you love talking about your matchup this week. So I'm going to I'm gonna hand the floor. I'm going to keep – I'm going to let you keep the floor here um, for the end of the show and talking about our venture grip. 
Thank you, Sam. It shouldn't come as a surprise. Ben Chagret has to go to David's team. When you lose by 0.02 points, there just has to be somebody on the bench uh, who could have made that difference for you. Picked up an extra blade of grass or something to get that 0.02 points. Exactly, yeah. Looking at David's team, it looked like DK Metcalf was the odd man out in his lineup, uh, scoring 17 point, or no, I'm sorry, not 17.1, 7.1 points. Uh, you know who did better, though, Sam? Two guys on his bench. One of them, who is not our bench regret of the week, is Rondell Moore, got him 9.1 points, would have gotten uh, David the victory. I'm focusing more on Drake London as the bench regret this week, because David, I know David always has an internal conflict with himself about whether he should start Drake London or not. This week he should have over DK Metcalf would have gotten him an extra 2.7 points would have been enough to beat me. Um, I'm glad he didn't do it, but you know, hindsight's always 2020 and David, you uh, you really got to make, you know, there's tougher calls on Drake London moving forward. Yeah, you know, Drake London played the Thursday night game. You saw him find the end zone and then, you know, put up in total 9.8 points. He had, like, I think 38 yards in the touchdown is how he got to that point total. And you thought, all right, you don't necessarily kick yourself in the butt for that one immediately on Thursday night. But, you know, with hindsight being 2020, I'm sure Dave is looking back at that one now and realizing that it was a mistake. Yeah, it doesn't help when your uh, kicker also misses an extra point during the game. Would have gotten him the point that he needed to beat me but hey sucks to suck david sucks to suck yeah that's what you get david for keeping Traylon burks in your ir even though he was healthy this week ha karma fantasy gods got you but sam i think that'll do it for a week 10 recap is there uh any parting words you want to give to our audience for today not really, other than that I think this week was a lot better than last week. We did have a lot more competitive games. There was a lot more high scoring. And as I alluded to earlier, I'm pretty sure like half of our league is now sitting at five and five, ten weeks into it, which is pretty cool. So, Yeah, it's nice to have a lot of competitive teams uh, moving into playoff race. We'll, we'll make for some exciting episodes, I think, down the line for us. Sorry, we have five out of our 12 teams. So not half, but almost half. Almost half. Hey, there'll be some team there. Are, that means that there are just a lot of teams fighting for that last playoff spot, I think. Yes. Uh, but yeah, you know, we have more exciting episodes on the way. We have a very exciting episode tomorrow. We'll, we'll have Matt Cress on talk about his career and his team this year. Uh, perhaps join us for pickums. That could be a thing. Be uh, it would be exciting, but thank you for listening. Thank you, Anchor, for partnering with us. And we will talk to you tomorrow glory glory what a hell of a way to fly glory glory what a hell of a way to fly glory glory what a hell of a way to fly the hawk will never die